Did you know that if you take the song 155 and add plus 44 to it, so you plus 44 equals 199, and if you minus 17, which is the amount of letters and angels and airways, equals 182. Holy shit. Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! Welcome to Asinine Radio, episode 167 of the pod. This week is a biggie. We're not doing biggie, but we are doing the Plus 44 album, When Your Heart Stops Beating. But before we do that, we have our Fearless Beer Review, our Songs of the Week, then the Album of the Week, and then we're going to round out the show with some new music and other happenings in the music world. So go rate a review and subscribe to us on iTunes. Go follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. Send us an email, uh, asinineradio at gmail.com. And if you want to skip around, there are timestamps in the description below. So now, Jeff. Below. Let's get into our Fearless Beer Review. Take it away, sir. So I actually brought a little lunchbox and i put an ice pack in it and i put the cup in there my glass so now the glass is slightly chilled and you can't look at prepared. that yep. so continuing with that. our tour of bj's brew house we have our bj's hop store and ipa right Woo. that's what we're doing today yep okay. that's what we're doing today yeah 6.5 that's all we're doing today. and um i'm not really looking forward to this i don't think you've ever had this yeah, you're not much of an IPA man anymore. Oh, no, but actually recently you said you were getting back into IPAs. I think it's just because I, I really liked Fresh Squeeze. And then there was, I think we I did a couple of um, Firestones IPAs mm-hmm. that I thought were really good. But definitely on a Saturday afternoon, I'm not sure if I'm going to. I feel like I'm going to struggle to choke this one down. You're being a real negative Nancy That's right my now. My first, first beer of the day here being an IPA. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Wow, that was <laughs> lovely. Okay, so uh, let, let's let's open these, yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Oh. oh yeah, it smells good though. It's not like a potent yeah, IPA stinky smell. It smells like an IPA. Yeah. Yeah. Who would have thought? Ooh, what? Got some good head on this beer. Oof, Mike would be proud. Do you use a, a normal um, pint glass, or do you have like a fancy glass like Mike uses? Uh, today I have just a normal pint glass. And I'm sure with, you guys uh, have the dudes. The dudes is brewing. Oh. Uh, yeah, I. Yeah, Mike has a particular glass for IPAs. I don't think he has a Pilsner glass, which is kind of weird. But. but like, do you personally have you went out and got a glass that's specific for various types of beer, or do you always just use a pint glass? No. I just use a pint glass. Sometimes I'll use Mike's fancy IPA glasses uh, just because I can. But no, I, I'm not going to go out of my way, really. I thought about getting a Pilsner glass because they look kind of cool, but uh, probably not. They're like 10 bucks. I don't want to do that. I actually have a lot of BJ's glasses dating back to Father's Day 2013. Wow. Because <laughs> my mom would always buy me 
a gift card to BJ's just because I think BJ's is the bee's knees. And every time you bought a gift card for various holidays, you would get a free glass. Actually, they still do oh, that, too. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, you buy like $25 okay. and you get a free glass. You buy $50, you get a free glass and like a $10 bonus buy or something like that. Nice. So she'd always That's go out, deal. spend like 100 bucks, and have like two different gifts for two different people, but then give me the glasses. So I have a Look lot. At you. I even have a hop storm, which I should have used today. That would have been kind of fun. I know. Why didn't you? Yeah. I, I actually have a Piranha Pale Ale uh, mug, but I totally forgot about that till right now. Uh, I could have used huh? I could have used that for a Piranha Pale episode, but whatever. Yeah, but what are you gonna up? do? Mm, mm, yeah, mm. seriously. So uh, let's let's try this out. You ready? <sighs> yeah. Okay. Kisses. Oh, that's good. You know, it's not more. <clears throat> it's not that much more intense than a Piranha. I, I mean, just looking at the IBU count, it's only sixty-five. And I think Prana yeah. was pretty high too. This is not the ABV that much is six and a half than a Prana, but it's almost equally as good. If I do say so myself, it's made with six different ooh, hop varieties. You all right? <laughs> you okay there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So six six different hop varieties, and I think that's why they call oh, it the Hop shit. Storm. It's like a storm of hops. Yeah. I like the label a lot too. Like we were talking about, the labels have, tend to be pretty cool. And I don't know, it's this this old ship out on the the seas, the high seas, seas of, of hops, the seas of cheese of hops. So hop on board, and it's a uh, hop on. Board. <laughs> <laughs> Does it really yeah. say that where? Oh, on the website. Oh, okay. Like, it also like says a, uh, keep refrigerated. So in case you you needed that advice. Ah, it also says that, or no, it doesn't say that. But I think the thing looks like it reminds me of Black Seals in the Sunset mm-hmm. the album cover. But I mean, that's pretty much any kind of old school pirate ship tattoo. Like when I when I went to BJ's to go get this, uh, I noticed there's one thing that I really don't want to try, and I think we should just skip on the pod, and Which that's one? the cider, the the raspberry cider or something like that. It's like three okay. percent, and it just—I don't want to buy a six-pack of it. I just don't want to do that. Oh, it comes in cans. Yeah. Oh. Hmm. So I hmm. just—I let's skip that hmm. one because ciders are fucking gross, and they're just like drinking juice, and it's disgusting. Well, I mean, juice can be good, but ciders are not good. Like it's bad juice. It's not. The good. only time I ever drink juice is if I wake up in the like the middle of the night. Maybe like early, early morning, and I'm super hungover, and I just go downstairs and get like a glass of Hawaiian punch. But other than that, I don't like juice. Like the most sugary, non-juice you could drink. The only thing yeah, more non-juice than that is Sunny Delight. Oh, Sunny D, by that. Great, time. both both great, but yeah. I just I don't drink juice. But that's no cranberry juice, juice for those UTIs. Hell no, I hate cranberry juice. Oh, what about apple juice? Apple juice is the best. It's funny, too, because when Apple we used to go out to the bars all the time, my drink of choice, whenever we go to, like, DTF, downtown Fullerton, my drink of choice was always an absolute crayon. So that's absolute vodka with cranberry juice. Absolute crayon. I don't remember that. Yeah, that those, 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 I mean, it's a good drink. It's a but good I started, drink. I started having, like, gnarly, gnarly hangovers, and I think it was just because I was drinking so much damn sugar. And then whenever yeah. I'd throw it up, it was, like, even worse because it was all, like, bloody looking, so... 
I stopped doing that. <laughs> <laughs> but never about now you're me. a beerman. Now no, you're a beerman. Also, I went to BJ's this week. Fun little fact. I did go there. Had a delicious you, meal. Did nachos? No, I didn't get nachos this time. I got. Um, I started with the Harvest Hefeweizen, and uh, I had a Caesar salad, a side Caesar salad, with the uh, sourdough chili bowl. And then my second beer was a Piranha Pale Ale. So, tasty all around. That's tasty what that is. Tasty all around. Tasty all around. Your taste menu. And your normal and your normal meal at BJ's is what again? Uh, chili cheese fries, no sour cream, and then for my meal, I just get a mini pizza, mini pepperoni, no tomatoes. We almost got the chili cheese fries. I haven't had them in a long. No long sour time, cream. It's just gonna be a lot of food, so decided not to. Never enough food. They have pretty good sliders there too. I had I had a I had a, I had a slider as well. That's pretty solid. I don't think I've ever had a burger from BJ's. Yeah, that's good. You try and it. I love burgers. Next time you go. I know you do. you're a burgerman. You are we, the biggest burgerman I know. We went to this like nice steakhouse uh, like a probably like a month ago where like the steaks were like $40, $50 a steak because <coughs> Renee really wanted a steak. Mm. And I'm not a big steak guy. I just uh, they're whatever is to me. And so yeah, they're, there, right, they're nothing special. And I got a burger. <laughs> good for you. Fuck. Stick it to the man. I will not be bullied into buying a st- overpriced steak that I just I'm, exactly I don't care. Don't care. Don't steak care. is overrated. It is. If I make a steak, I'd rather just make it at home. But even then, exactly. I wouldn't do it because I, I go to a restaurant. Whatever's. It's just steak. There's nothing with it. It's just steak. steak. Yeah. Tastes right. okay. It's not bad. It's just whatever. And you soak it in butter. It's going to be good. But then you're tasting the butter. What do you want for me? Yeah. It's like eating lobster. I mean, I know you don't eat lobster, but lobster by itself and crab, well, crab more, but lobster doesn't really have a lot of taste. No. So you have to douse it in butter and melted mm-hmm. butter, and then that's all you're tasting. And then you're spending exactly. 50 bucks on part of the lobster. It's, it's stupid. It's dumb. It's, it is food dumb. Is lobster dumb. is really dumb. Food is dumb. Food is dumb. Why do you mean eat food? Just eat shit. <laughs> Just eat shit. Okay. <sighs> oh, yeah. What are we going to rate these beers? We haven't even rated them yet. The hops Um. I'm gonna give it a one seven five. Really, that low? Yeah, because I will never get it. I'm like honest, like in all honesty, I'm never gonna buy this. Like it's good and really? all, but I feel like a two is is I will do this again, and I'm never gonna do this again. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll do a one point nine nine. That's okay. fine. I'm not, I, I would never get one point nine nine. Yeah, I'll never get this. I have more of a chance okay, of getting the I, Harvest Half, the Jeremiah Red, anything else except for this. Just because well, I don't know about anything else. Oh, the Piranha is better. No, I agree with you, but it's still a solid IPA can't deny that maybe like if maybe if they're out of piranha out of jeremiah out of the stout out of the porter (laughs) maybe even if they're out of the harvest half i mean maybe they just like you know what all we have is this and the cider i probably Mm. get like a vodka soda with a lime (laughs) you're such an idiot (laughs) yeah i would never do this well I'm going to give it a 2.25. It's a solid, solid IPA. It's not my go-to there, but, it, I mean, if I want an IPA, I'll get this. I'll get this over the committed one, the double IPA. Double IPA is normally, yeah, like I said, I usually get the he- the Harvest Half or the uh, Piranha Pale But, yeah, 2.25 for me. High. Not for you. For That's me. Fine. That's fine. Okay, <laughs> we're done with our fearless oh. beer. <laughs> we're done with our fearless beer review. 
And uh, we are going to be talking about real quick before we get into our songs of the week. Uh, old friend of the pod, Christina. She uh, she is a musician. She's a singer. She writes her own music. Uh, she just released her first song, actually. Uh, it's called Loving in the Distance uh, under the name Uni, U-N-I. And uh, it's pretty cool. It's good stuff. Um, Great stuff. I was talking to her. I was talking to her about it. It's been a long time since I, I talked to her. Many years. Uh, she was very excited that we were even going to play the song, so that's awesome. And um, I guess we'll just play it. Sound good? Do it. All right. Here is uh, Loving in the Distance by Uni. Thank you. 
That's a friend of the pod, Christina, and uh, her new song, Loving in the Distance, uh, under the, I guess, that the band name or artist name, Uni? 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 Uh, so she could be, yeah, Uni, like the, the sushi or whatever, um, I guess. I don't know. I have no idea. What Is that sushi? Uni? Name. But, <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's sea urchin. But um, oh. yeah, there you there you have it. Loving in the distance. Uh, if you want to go follow her on Instagram, it's at uh, Uni Sounds U N I S O U N D S. Uh, the song is also on all streaming platforms, so I'm assuming that's Spotify, uh, Apple Music. It's on YouTube. It's on SoundCloud. So go check it out if you're interested. I'm sure she's going to be putting out more music. Um, so yeah, there you go, Uni and Loving in the Distance. Solid stuff. And Support your local musicians, boys. Solid stuff from Christina. Good stuff. Came out like the perfect time too. I was. Yep, yep. That's. It was a very I was still relaxing. Still like in the tail end of my indie indie thing that I've been having for the past like month, and so just yeah, I was just. Oh yeah. Huh? Slid right in there, right in there. That's cool Oof. though. I dig it. I dig it. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. It was. It's a very relaxing tune to just chill and relax. Just like a I, s- I solid bass line, and then the guitar kind of came in halfway through like the second verse era area and it was it was good stuff i liked it yeah excited to hear more good, good stuff yeah so whenever she comes up with new stuff i'm sure we'll play it on the pod and we won't get sued uh, for it no that's true Hopefully. i actually got permission so that that was like boom the baby. second time we've ever got permission did you know that jeff boom, the second time we've ever got permission what was the first one to play a damn song dan and the death machine oh yeah as he was like literally <laughs> sitting here <laughs> <laughs> like we play this I yeah know. i do it Okay, cool. I mean, that was the whole reason why you were on the podcast, to play your damn music. Got him. But um, anyway, yeah. So go check it out. Like I said, Uni or Uni Sounds at uh, at Uni Sounds on Instagram. So toy, there toy, you go. Toy. Now, Jeff, let's just get right into our songs of the week. Oh, sound good? Okay. That sounds good. Why? All right. Okay. Now we can get into our songs of the week. Jeff, who wants to go first Jeff. here? We have two songs. Jeff. Uh, well, you said my name, so I guess I'll. Do you want to go first? first? Yeah. Okay. Cool. I think it was. Let's I think this. it was like last week or the week before. I was. I don't know why, but I was listening to a lot of Lamb of God, not the Catholic hymn, yeah. but the the band Lamb of God, <laughs> and um, oh, I know why because this song, uh, Black Label, came on, like some random weekly playlist that Spotify said, "Hey, you might like this." And it was right. I liked it a lot. And then I listened to their first. I don't think this is their first album. I think this is their first album as Lamb of God. They used to be a different under a different name before this, but the first album as Lamb of God and the first song off this album was Black Label, and uh, it's fucking good. And this whole album is like really fucking cool. And the next like two albums are really cool too. And this album, from what I read online, a little bit about it it's not as polished and refined as their later albums because of not only time constraints to get the album out, but also they're really fucking drunk the whole time. <laughs> so that's kind of cool, but it's still a badass song. Yeah. Yeah. It was much better than I thought. You know, I've never really gotten into them, but I've also never given them a, ch- a real chance. Never delved into their discography, but this song was pretty cool. So I'm going to play a bit of it. Here's a black label by the Lamb of God. Mm-hmm. 
there's Lamb of God and the song Black Label. That's a that was a great fade that I just did. Get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. Not not to my own horn, but toot toot. Woo! There you go, Lamb of God. Great song. That, I like that song a lot. That was cool. You should listen to their first album. It's so. it's uh it's similar to this, and it's 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 pretty good. It's pretty damn good. First like two or three are PG? pretty good. Yeah. PDG. I think like the first song that I probably. I don't want to say got into, but I I really recognized was Late to Rest when it came out because Guitar Hero, actually Gym Class Heroes covered it, and then their cover was on Guitar Hero. And back in the Guitar Hero Class Heroes? Yeah. What? Really? Yeah, I think so. I'm pretty pretty sure. The hip hop, the Travi McCoy, that (laughs) Gym Class Heroes? Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? (laughs) Yeah. I think you're full of shit. I'm dead serious. <laughs> I don't know, man. That that seems a little suspicious. Auspicious. Anyway, um, yeah. So that was Check Lamb of out. God. You know what's weird? I've seen Lamb of God like maybe three times. I think I'm sure you've seen them too. I just but never I've never, gave, yeah, never paid attention. Yeah, it's weird because they are good, and their drummer, I think Chris Adler is his name. Yeah, sick drummer too. Great, great drummer. But I don't know. What are you gonna do? Did he, was he the drummer too, or at some at some point for Megadeth? Didn't he leave and go to Megadeth? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he's been in Megadeth now. I think for the last six or seven years. And then he was recently fired for, or he left Lamb of God. I think what was it last year when we talked about it? I think so. Recently? So check it out, dude. Lamb of God's pretty good. Yeah, I need to get more into them. Like I was telling Jeff last week, which I haven't. I was supposed to start this week, but. I wanted to take a band every week and listen to their entire discography, like a band that's oh, well known and popular I thought you that I've never really day. liked. Oh no, 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 I can't do that every day. I read it no, as no, like no. you it's were like gonna like do it every day. Well, because like if oh, you drive no, around a no. lot and you got like six hours to kill, I, I thought that uh, that's what I thought you were gonna do. It was every yeah, day. but I mean, if if I had six hours to kill and a band has ten albums, yeah, I can't do that in one day. No, I could close. technically, but yeah. So I'm, I'm gonna start that next week. So next week I'm gonna do Slayer. The week after that, I'm going to do Kiss because I don't understand the appeal of Kiss. So I'm going to go through their 20 albums in two weeks and try to get through that. That's going to be rough. That's going to be the tough one for me is Kiss. That's just a lot of music. You you listen to more music than that with Omar. Dude. Omar's got, what, 200,000 albums, something like that? Yeah, but Omar's good. Give or take? That's a yeah, bit. that's debatable. Better than Kiss? Come on. Well, Come yeah, on. Well, technically, you don't Come know on. because you haven't listened to all of Kiss yet. So Come on. Kiss could everything. be better. Well, speaking of better I songs, or speaking of better, <laughs> speaking of <laughs> songs and bands better than Kiss, what I chose was uh, a song from the soundtrack of uh, Good Burger because I watched Good Burger last weekend. It was on TV. We watched it here at the castle. How was it? What? How, how was the movie? I mean, it was okay. It was. Parts you, of it were funny. You remember when we watched Surf Ninjas, not a fairly yeah, yeah. decent amount of years ago, <laughs> and how it did not and hold that, up whatsoever. That didn't age and it was well. awful. No. no, Good Burger was kind of in that same vein, but I I went into it w- with that mindset, like with with Surf. When you and I watched Surf Ninjas, like the first twenty minutes of that movie, we we thought, oh my god, this movie is gonna be so amazing, like it was when we That's were true. kids, and it really wasn't. So it was a different mentality going into Good Burger. I think I think watching rewatching Surf Ninjas was one of the biggest letdowns of of like our adult lives, right? <laughs> it was so disappointing. Like that, like really opened our eyes to what the I world that, truly is. <laughs> you know what's crazy? The trailer to that movie was way better than the first twenty minutes of that movie. 
or the entire movie. Did we you remember the trailer it? would play? No, no, no. We watched like maybe twenty or thirty minutes of it, and then we shut it off. That's what I thought. But do you remember the trailer for Surf Ninjas used to play before one of the two turtle movies, the second or third turtle movie, on oh, the VHS? Oh, huh? yeah, on the, on the yeah, so it's on the yeah. tapes. So I used to watch that trailer all the time because I'd always watch the turtles movies, and um, so yeah, the the trailer is like really cool. It makes it look awesome. But the movie itself is not so good. Moto Surf, dude. Can't go wrong. Moto Surf! <laughs> That's what we all did in California. It was so good. I've <laughs> <laughs> never seen anybody do that. Okay. <laughs> we should bring it back. That'd be cool. Moto Surf? I'd be down. Moto Surf! Yeah, almost middle aged men moto surfing. Straight to jail. Do not Fucking pass what's go. his name was in it? Rob Schneider. Uh, Rob Schneider was in it. He was probably like at least 30. He looked like he was like 30. Remember? And he's supposed to be like 16 or something. (laughs) That was like the biggest problem I had right off the bat with it was was like, dude, you are are not passable, bro. Also, Leslie Nielsen was the villain in it. There you go. He was. Uh, But anyway, yeah, we were watching Good Burger and a song came on. And I know I had heard it before because I think we might have talked about it on the pod, like on an early, early Lost episode. And uh, Less Than Jake did a song for it, but had Kel Mitchell sing on it. And the song is called We're All Dudes. So I'm just going to play it right now because it's freaking great. So here it is. World Dudes from uh, the Good Burger soundtrack. It's good stuff, man. The video is awesome, too. Did you watch the video? Yeah, of course. Ah, Bitty of so Carols. Funny. Uh, Bitty of Carols. Uh. So, I mean, you can clearly tell it's less than Jake, and it's very similar to their early couple, several albums, their two or three albums. We actually did yeah. two albums in one week because we were supposed to do an album in the week, but you listened to a different album that week. Did I? This? Yeah, we're supposed to do Hello Rock Did View. I? Yeah. We're supposed to do Hello Rock uh, View and you listen to Losing Streak, or we were supposed to do Losing Streak and you listen to Hello Rock View. But because those two albums are very interchangeable and very similar, and I love both of them, <laughs> we just did the, like, the double album thing. I don't remember. Are you sure? I am 100% I positive. I don't know, man. 
I'd have to go back and check that out. But I think it's a lost episode, so it's lost forever. Lost in the sands of time. But that's, I mean, that's, that, that's. But no, that, that, this. Uh, it's yeah, very that, less than Jake. And how fucking cool. Like, this band did a song that wasn't just like a song that they've done before and then just had Kel sing whatever he wants on it. They, like, redid an entirely new song for him. Even though it sounds a lot like their other stuff, but they all kind of sounds the same. Yeah, I mean, that was that was ska music in general. Ska music tends to be very similar to one another. It's almost like a stock track. Like if you wanted to make like a ska song, and you go into like Audacity, and there's like pre sets in there, like that would be like the the third wave one. <laughs> third wave ska preset. It really is. It's so generic, but damn, it's so good. They should have done a whole album with Kel. They should have done an entire album with Kel. And he sounds awesome. so much like the dude from Less Than Jake. Like he sings just <laughs> like him. He says that. Just like and then he has that that, dirty voice. that like Valley Girl. But he also has that like Valley Girl kind of accent. He says instead that, of dude, it's like did. I'm a did. I'm a did. She's did. Now dids. Is that did? Is that did? Yeah. All right, Angel. Um, I did. Let's see here. So yeah, that was it. That was uh That was. <laughs> We're all dudes. We're all dudes from the ah! Burger soundtrack. Less than Jake. Which is also very Keep true. That's a, I don't know if that's, that's probably a regional thing. Strictly Southern California, I think, is to call everything dude. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. It's very regional. Like, I, I use dude a lot. Even like like children, parents, <laughs> inanimate objects. Like, everything's a dude. And I seriously, I, I, all the time. Like, even here, out in Arizona now, I'll call cashiers dude. Like, oh, yeah, dude. And even if they're like female, male, whatever they are, I say it and I think like, oh, I really hope they don't think I'm being like an asshole. I just, I literally call everything fucking dude. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's definitely regional and I, but I'm not going to change because I don't care. Yeah, I know. I don't care either. You know, I, I think I use dude more when I'm pissed off. When something happens, I go, dude, dude, I, go, I just yell. I just yell. I'm just like disappointed. <laughs> it's always dude. <laughs> It's just like a stupid reactionary word. It's so dumb. But they even put but like bad words so in cool. front and after it too. Like you fucking dude. Like dude, dude, fuck. shut the fuck up. Or like dude, shut the fuck up. I do that to <laughs> to the dog all the time when he's barking. Dude, shut the fuck up. Dude, relax. Oh, all that's the good. time. <laughs> that's what we do. That's what we do, dude. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm gonna be self-conscious when I say it. It's like the oh, it's gonna be nope. like this. It's the new. Oh. It's better than saying oh, stupid shit like they do in NorCal. Like hella, that's hella cool, man. Oh, hella is that's a stupid word. That's that's a hella. That's hella awesome, bro. Because NorCal's fucking lame. Lame. It's lame. Lameo cablamo. Not as lame as saying NorCal and SoCal, but that's okay. All right. Oh man, we're we're deep into this episode already. Yeah. You want to uh, you want to move on? You ready yeah, to go? Move on. Move on. All right, we're done with our songs of the week. Now we can finally, 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 finally get into our album of the week. And this week, we are doing the Plus 44 album, When Your Heart Stops Beating.
Plus 44, formed in the year 2005 by Mark Hoppus on vocals and bass, Travis Barker on drums, and Carol Heller on vocals. Although Carol Heller left shortly after the formation of the band, she was replaced by Shane Gallagher and Craig Fairbaugh on guitar, and they eventually came into round off the lineup. Uh, the album we're doing today, When Your Heart Stops Beating, is the band's only album, and it was released November 13th, 2006. It features all of the mem- members mentioned above. It also debuted at number 10 on the Billboard Top 200 and has sold hundreds of thousands of copies worldwide. So, Jeff, <laughs> I barely got through that, and I really fumbled my way through that. But <laughs> Just the last first part. impressions... <laughs> Why? <laughs> the last part reminded Why? me of when, when me first and the Gimme Gimme's did their live album and it said, all over the world we have we have dozens of fans. <laughs> <laughs> this album has sold dozens of copies. <laughs> it was so hard like finding you know anything kind of significant about this album because there's not a lot there. I know. Oh, it shit. It irritates me, but not, you're right. It's crazy. Okay. Dude. But yeah. So, <laughs> dude, she's a dude. He's a dude. We're all dudes. What do you got? What 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 do you how do you feel about this album? When your heart stops beating by plus forty four, plus far t far, plus far t far. <laughs> Irishman now. What do you got? Um, I am. The songs kind of slowly trickled out back when we were still in high school or right out of high school, kind of in that era. It was right and, out of high school. Um, yeah. We were both. I remember you were pretty excited too. Like we were both really excited about this. Oh shit. yeah. And it upsets me that. I feel like now it's 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 getting a lot more recognition than it initially did, but nobody really thought it was all that great when it first came out, and that bothered me because I think it's it's some of the best, if not the best, songwriting Mark's ever done, and the music itself is some of the best things that Mark's ever kind of done, and it's it's very earnest to put in uh, extremely earnest 155 terms it's very earnest Mark's an earnest man in this in this album and it's very it's, much a, so. it's absolutely amazing album we have a good I don't know if it's a good story but you know we we got a we got a cool story of because of, we saw Angels and Airways first two shows that they ever played first three um, shows it was three I don't think I went to the third one though did I wait well, yeah. I don't think I did I thought it was three. Oh, you're right it was only, only two went, it was the first, two, the first shows. two no you're right you're right you're right I went to I, It was only two They didn't do three They only did two You're right But yeah So like plus 44 We all Because we were I mean, We still are We're we're blink fanatics We're blink addicts Right That's what we do That's who we are Yeah And so It come to pass That we also went to Plus 44's first show Their first secret show Their first Whatever show well, they did Wait wait but let, let me stop you real quick Because We tried to go to Their very first show but remember, they canceled. Right. So yeah, that, there was that, that. Yeah. So that didn't. That one didn't. So we actually had tickets to that. Did they? Do we get a no, money we back for that. those? No, we went. Because remember, it was at Bamboozle. Oh, they that's were supposed, right. Their first show. Their first show was supposed to be at Bamboozle. That's why we went to Bamboozle. That's why we went. I mean, it ended up being fun because we saw like Horse the Band, and that was fucking awesome. Here's what we aimed for. And then for. we saw. Here's what we aimed for. No, that wasn't so great. And then we saw uh, Thrice and Brand New. So I mean, it was a pretty solid show, through and through. You but know, anyway, yeah, yeah. Plus forty four canceled that show. Even though Q's what we aim for was, they're still terrible and they've always been terrible. That was one of the most memorable, sh- I guess, live concert things I've been to because of of the moshing that we were doing. 
Remember? Yeah. And we got yelled at for it. Yeah, I remember that. We got and yelled the, at. And the bass player was giving us these nasty looks and like shaking his head. Yeah. yeah. So anyway. Well, it wasn't just us. There were, there were a couple of other people trying to start a pit, but nobody wanted to. Well, the, and then we got yelled at. It's very difficult to moss to music like Sia and stuff like that. So, <laughs> and keys <laughs> what we aim for. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, continue. yeah. So, the, uh, plus forty four played us played a show at the Roxy, and we had um, Tyler had told me about it, and I was at work, and he said we should go to the show, and I said, well, I'm at work, but we had worked for the same. I don't know if he was still working at the time, but our boss was pretty lenient. And so I, I, I begged her. I was like, dude, I got to I, I gotta go. There's a band that I really want to see. I got to go, Phyllis. And she's like, all right, go. So like, we took off, drove all the way out to L.A., went to the Roxy. Well, let me say this first. They announced, they announced the show around like noon that day. It was, it was on a weekday. They announced it around noon saying tickets are going to go on sale at 1. It's first come, first serve. You can get it through, you know – box office whatever so at the time i worked at tower records so i had I, I was in you know i i could get tickets right there because at the time tower records sold tickets so i was there at one o'clock and because my friends let me let me in let me behind the counter and the tickets sold out in a second i didn't even get a chance i was there and didn't get the tickets. so you and i were super bummed and then we decided let's just drive out there and see what happens let's maybe just, we can because- get tickets when we get out there because unlike New York, dreams actually come true in Los Angeles sometimes. And so that's <laughs> what we did. We drove out to L.A. We went to the Roxy. We saw David Spade, remember? Yeah, he almost got hit by a car. Remember? Uh, no, he I almost remember. ran into a cop car. He was pulling out of the... the oh, that's what room. it was. And yeah, you're right. And the cop car. And the cop car had to that's like... That's what it was. We thought that was the funniest <laughs> thing we've ever seen. We were laughing at and him. And then Chris Farley's brother was Chris there Farley's too, remember? Chris Farley's brother. Yeah, we saw him yeah. too. Right out at the Rainbow Room, right there. They yeah. were coming out of the Rainbow Room. Yeah, I forgot about the. Oh, I forgot it was a cop car. He almost hit. That's great. So it was. Fucking it was quite David an Spade. adventure Knucklehead. in L.A. for a couple of eighteen, nineteen-year-olds, and we uh, were standing outside the Roxy. Of course, the show is completely sold out. And we asked a bouncer. I don't. Did we ask him prior if we can if he'll let us in, or do we just wait till the music started? No, we were asking him. Hey, is there any way you could let us in? We'll right. we'll give you like twenty bucks. You know. And he's like, no, nah, dude, I nah, can't nah, do it. Nah, I can't nah, do nah, it. Nah. I kept saying, and then no, we, no, we no, just, no, no. yeah. And then, but then we were just like chatting with him for a while and trying to figure out, like, hoping that a scalper would come by and say, "Oh, you know, here's some tickets to get in." Yeah. But no scalper showed up. And then, oh, yeah, plus forty four came on and they started playing the song that you just heard, Lycanthrope. 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 Is it Lycanthrope or Lickanthrope? I don't know. I think it's. I, I think you it's, know. I think it's Lycan because I've heard people let's say look the it word Lycan. Like, oh, he, oh, he's a Lycan. Burn him. Which we'll get into that <laughs> with meeting. the British accent. Yeah. Wait, wait. Let, let's look up this pronunciation first, because this is this is annoying me. Lycanthrope. I don't know why I didn't look this up. Throat. Lycanthrope. Lycanthrope with the P. I didn't say the P. I heard it say lichen. Lycanthrope. Yeah, lycanthrope. Lycanthrope. Yeah, lycanthrope. Lycanthrope. Why'd you say it slower? <laughs> There's an option to to play it slower. Oh. So. <laughs> she, sounds like she's mad. Lycanthrope. <laughs> Lycanthrope. She's so pissed. <laughs> She's de- like, oh, trying shit. to demean you with it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear what YouTube has to say. Lycanthrope. Wow, it's the like, same girl. Could it be worse quality? No, it's like extreme. Lycanthrope. It's very horrible quality. It's like somebody recorded the girl that we just listened to and then posted on YouTube. <laughs> with their phone. <laughs> That's so bad. 
Anyway, yeah, continue yeah, the story. So they Sorry. started playing that that uh, lycanthrope like, song. Lycanthrope. And we're just like, you know, like, fuck it, dude. We got to just get in here and see this band because that's just what we do. We have nothing else to do. So I think we bribed him either 40 each or like 80 each. And I don't remember how much it was. I think it was 40 each. I think it was 40. Like straight cash. Yeah. And this is back when like people probably did it a lot. Because I feel like now bouncers would never take a bribe. Because you're just gonna, yeah, they're, they're going to get fired. And it's just cameras head everywhere. counts. And can't, yeah, there's no way. And so it was just, it was just, it was a really surreal experience being in LA, which I, I even then I kind of didn't like, but we bribed this bouncer to get in and then we come in and they're already like, you know, a good like 30, 45 seconds into the song. And it was just a really cool set and a really cool kind of vibe that we got. And it was, it was a, quite an it was adventure. Awesome. It was the adventure. It was, if Tom DeLong it was the play. adventure. Tom DeLong. Yeah. I, re- I remember just, just walking in and it was like, it felt, I felt like I was in a movie, like. Like, you know, when there's always like this particular shot when somebody walks into like a room where a band's playing and it kind of like the the camera kind of pans up a little bit and it kind of like expands. Yeah. That's kind of how it was. It felt like that. I felt like I was straight up in a movie. It was such a cool experience. It was was awesome. Like the Roxy itself isn't even that big of a venue. It's fucking small. It's a pretty small venue. And so to be there for like plus 44's first show that they've ever done. It was it was it was it was cool. It was fun. It was it was definitely in the upper, if not like one of the best shows like I've ever been to. Just because yeah, the whole experience and this was, of it, the whole experience was awesome. But also, they only had released two songs uh, prior to the show, and the first one was "No, It Isn't," which they only released the demo version of. Right, and, and they then they had it. only released, yeah, and then they had released "Lycanthrope" like a week prior to that. So there was only two songs that they had ever released. So that was kind of cool, too. You got to see brand new music from a brand new band with members who we just, we admired so much back then, you know? Yeah. So it was a really, really awesome experience. And I don't know. I mean, everything about it was just perfect. And that was that was definitely fact, a, a, know, good, so a, cool, good, a good kickstart to what would become a very, a very good album for me. And some of the best, like yeah. I said, some of the best stuff Mark's ever done. I agree. Yeah, it's uh, to me my first impressions on it. Um, I agree with you one hundred percent. This is the best thing Mark has ever done. Uh, there are a couple like really big highlights on some early Blink stuff that I thought he did really well, but this is this is his magnum opus. This is Mark's magnum opus, and it kind of it makes you think: Is it so great because he was so depressed and in so much? emotional pain from the breakup of, of blink yeah is that why it's so good absolutely I mean, it's that's why pinkerton man, was so there's great so many that's true yeah pinkerton was great for all the sad reasons but no i mean th- there's a lot of there's still that pop punk element but it's very subtle and it's very evolved on this on this record and especially with all the electronic elements going into it but when I say the electronic elements, I say that in all the best ways and not all the shitty ways that the Blink One, the new Blink One Eighty Two album is. Uh, they just they did it so well on this album; it it's fantastic. And the dynamics of this album too. The the what I love so much is the the very kind of quiet verses and the very loud bombastic choruses. I love that whole that whole dynamic thing going on. Mm. And they do a really good job of it on this record. I feel. That's funny when you say like electronic Flex. elements because this around this era, Goldfinger is when they started to really turn into the John Feldman project, which would later yeah. on become 
the new Blink One Eighty Two because <laughs> Goldfinger had already released all of their best albums, especially like go- their Goldfinger's Goldfinger and Hangups, and then Stomping Grounds, yeah. and they had another one I forgot. But then Disconnection Notice was the one that came out like right while we were in high school and stuff, and that was like the last really kind of decent Goldfinger. Was it was would Disconnection Notice was that the album with uh, Open Your Eyes? No, Open Your or Eyes was that Stomping Grounds. The, the, Open Your Eyes was the name of the album and the name of the song. Oh, Dis- okay, okay, okay. Disconnection Notice had the That's song. That's a good song. I, I do like that song, though. Open Your Eyes? Yeah, I like that song a lot. That one's cool. And, no, but, but, but Disconnection and Notice from the is the one. Sings on it, too. No, that's from the next album. Ocean Size was the one that featured Burt from The Used. Because I remember cause there were two or three songs. But on Burt the, was on the, the Open Your Eyes song. Was he? Yeah, he screams in the during the bridge of that song. He He screams on it. He was for sure on the next album on two or three songs. I think you're thinking of Spokesman. Don't no, I mean that, I'm talking about only that song. I know, oh. I know the song for sure has has Bert screaming on during the bridge. Because I don't remember the song "Open Your Eyes," but Spokesman was like the big single from. I remember it. Open your eyes. Open your eyes to the clever disguise that they're telling you every day. It. I mean, it just. That was good. a really butchered version of it. You, but s- you sounded like Mike. Trying to impersonate Goldfinger. <laughs> <laughs> it was so bad. I feel embarrassed now. No, Am I good. getting all hot right now? No, I'm embarrassed. Let's get back into Lycanthorpe. Th- th- this this is supposed to be a, a non-Feldy, a non-Feldy pod today. We're talking about a great baby. album. They're all pipes. They're all pipes. <laughs> Do you remember that episode of Seinfeld? <laughs> No, I was I was thinking of something else. The internet is a series of tubes. But anyway. Um anyway, uh let's get back into this album. What okay, so Lycanthrope, we just listened to that one. Uh I I I wanna start off by saying lyrically, the songs are almost all about except for like one song, all the songs are about uh Blink one eighty two breaking up and um his breakup with Tom, Mark's breakup with Tom. Like just plain and simple, it's what they're about. It's it's also in varying degrees. I think it's also important to note that these songs were written probably around the time when he was our age. Now, right? Because this was two thousand and yeah, I'd say so. Six when this came out. Six. And so some of these songs he had said that he wrote a little bit, or he was working on a little bit earlier. So he was. They were him and Travis were in their. I think Travis is a little bit younger, but they were all in their early thirties. Yeah, they had to have been thirty. Yeah, early thirties for sure. Had to have been. So that's, wow, that's crazy. That might oh, give it like a silly shit. context to some of this stuff, but whatever. But but Lycanthorpe, I think, is is a fucking, it's such a fantastic song, and it's such an awesome opener to the entire album. It's so hard. It's punchy. It's, it gets right into it, and that kind of weird whining guitar that you kind of hear mm-hmm. it during or during like the riffage, the riffage that's going on, I think it gives a, a, a good foundation of what the rest of the album is going to be like. Because it's, the guitar kind of sounds almost just like electronic, like fake, like processed, like s- silly. Yeah. And I feel like uh, on the songs in general on this album, when they're playing like the heavier music, it's all just downstrokes. Like, dun na 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 Like, there's not, there's not a lot of fluctuation there. There's not a lot of weird chord progressions, kind of like what Tom does or Tom did with Blink. It's just, It's just very like... It's very the guitars are very punk, very like old school seventies punk. But then they throw in like little accents here and there of like or like weird melodies or weird like piano or synth in there. 
but it's not it doesn't it doesn't overpower the guitars like it's just there just to accent everything to make up for like the a lead guitar really I, I the guitar think, is just like rhythm guitar and i think that was i want to say that that was like the purpose of it is to get it just very heavy and very just like fuck it dude this is it this is how i feel done it was just very straightforward music and there wasn't yeah there's a lot going on in the sense that there's a lot of sounds there's a lot of noise there's there's this wall of sound that's coming at you but there's not a lot of technicality and even travis travis keeps it pretty damn simple oh i love it i love that he keeps it simple there's only one instance on this album where i feel like you need to stop uh i don't know if we should get into that song yet no okay let's keep it should we at lycanthrope because i have a couple more things to say okay let's go okay yeah so okay. my favorite lyric on this entire album comes on this song, and it's where he says "sex, fuck, and fluorescent lighting," because it makes—I yes. I feel like it makes no sense, but it's so fucking cool. It's such a bad—I don't know why that—that's that lyric has always just like resonated with me, and it always stuck in my head. I'm like, damn, that's a cool fucking thing. Like, well, it makes no sense, and I love it. But it does in the context of the of the Blink One Eighty Two's breakup. Because the song, uh, for me, my my view on this song, Lycanthrope is is somebody who turns into a werewolf who essentially is a different personality, kind of like the Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde thing. And I feel like the title of it is in reference to Tom changing his personality so drastically and so quickly. So it's it's the change of personality and betrayal of Tom. And that's why he named this song Lycanthrope. But the sex fucking fluorescent lighting... From what I read, some people speculate that is in as a direct reference to Blink 182's live show. Because remember back in like 2001 and 2002, on stage they had a big fluorescent signs that said "sex and fuck." So, okay, I think that's what that is. But who knows? I mean, it is kind of a weird right, line to throw right. in here. It's kind of like throws a wrench into all of it because the this it almost sounds like a very serious song until you get to that part. But I think that that specific line is a direct reference to Blink. I mean, I totally agree That's with just that. My, my take on this song. Especially with the thing you said about the werewolf thing and and kind of Tom turning into something that he had no idea could even possibly be. And then over and then mm-hmm. in a couple parts of the song, like right after the uh, the verses, he there's a scream. Right there's like just a yell. That's after the chorus into the next yeah. verse. There's just this yell, and I think that's. That's another reason, or that's another reason to to think that Mark is so fucking frustrated and is so upset that he puts his like a yell and it comes out of nowhere. It yeah, makes it no screams. sense. It's just a scream, but it's mm-hmm. so powerful. It is weird because they never scream in these in any Blink songs. There's no screams. There's no. There's nothing like that. Nothing. Yeah, damn, I love that. I love that lyric. Sex fucking fluorescent lighting. Oh, it's. I think it's so cool. That one. Yeah. It, I, hey, I think the song is a, it's a fantastic song. It's it's fast, it's punchy, and it's about everything I love. Blink one eighty two. I thought you were say it's about everything I love, Tom. <laughs> Tom DeLong, baby. Um, so let's get in. I mean, I think you and I can both agree there are no stinkers on this. No, am I correct? I mean, I I, I don't. I'm think, not correct. N- not only do I think that there are no stinkers, but there are no oh, okay. filler songs. Every song on here is a banger. Okay, I agree, hundred percent. No stinkers, no fillers, all bangers. 
So let's go with our good. Go with our favorite bangers. No Top pads, bangers. No helmets. Just no bangers. duds. I mean, uh, dud. no dud. My my favorite song. When we first heard them live, I remember liking one five five or one fifty five, and then when the song when the album came out, I remember us being like, "Oh, dude, this was the song that we really liked when they played live," and that was my favorite song for a while. And then uh, the past like five to six years, it's transitioned, and now like my absolute favorite Mark song is Chapter Thirteen. I think that song is absolutely <sighs> phenomenal. It's so fucking good, and reading a little bit more about it and i don't know if it's like true or not like mark has kind of said it but he's not like like we said last week i don't think he's that intelligent of a dude and so this could have just been like an afterthought <laughs> where he's like oh yeah or, yeah, or yeah. as you said emotionally underdeveloped emotionally underdeveloped which is i mean clearly like it's he, so this condescending whole about, this whole album is about a girl right he, he's, he's butthurt about a girl and that's kind of what's going on here yeah and that girl's name. But then every lyric, every song. <laughs> yeah, that, that's okay. There you go. But um, but chapter thirteen, uh, <laughs> supposedly, he he read from from a book, Dante's Inferno, the chapter, the thirteenth chapter, whatever it is, and about a guy who meets a girl, and immediately falls in love with her, and then but also at the same time realizes like, damn, this girl's gonna be the death, and because. We're going to end up fighting. We're going to end up falling in love, have a great life. And then something's going to happen. And she's going to make me go crazy. And I'm going to kill myself. But if you keep yeah. that kind of in mind throughout the whole song, it fits very, it fits very, very well. And, and the song itself, like the music follows that formula and complements that theme in that in the beginning, everything's kind of poppy and good. And, it, you know, it slows down towards the middle and then the bridge. And in the end, it comes in like super heavy as if like that character or that said dude is thinking about the suicide. And then the part where he says, we'll take our revenge, but we still won't feel any better. Like that's, that's like towards the end of it. And then if you notice like towards the end of the song before like the last outro, there's this weird, like Travis is like stuttering in his drumming. And with that what kind of mean? theme in mind, like the, like the way he plays, it, it's just, it's this weird pattern like, that he's playing. Yeah, I love the pattern. That I think that pattern is the catchiest part of this whole album. But the I end of I, chapter thirteen is my favorite favorite part of the record. Right, because that that stuttering part, like if you, th like I really try to keep that theme in mind when I listen to this again and again. And if you yeah. if you listen to that that stuttering kind of like weird timing thing that Travis does, it's almost as if this mm -hmm. dude that he's made believe in this song is like rethinking his decision of suicide, and then just says like fuck it. I'm done. I'm just going to do it. And then the very last line is, is when he says, but won't feel any better to me at all. And the last, like the last words, me at all. And then it goes into that acoustic outro and then just silence. Yeah. Dude, that's like, that is so powerful. Dude, dude, that is so powerful. Dude, dude. <laughs> so good. Damn. So do you, do you, so you interpret that as him deciding not to commit suicide? No, I, I'm interpreting that as when Travis is doing the stuttering, that's him yeah. thinking about having second thoughts about doing it. But then it goes into the final thing, and then it's just like, but we won't feel any better. And it's just yeah. him like, you know what, fuck it, dude. Either he's hanging himself, and he's slowly, like the life is slowly being sucked from him. And the last line of, but they won't, for, for me at all, is basically like saying, like, that's it. Like, nobody's going to give a fuck anyway. Like, who cares? I'm done. And then it goes into the acoustic outro. And like, I imagine just, 
this camera panning out of this dark room and this dude just hanging there and then it fades to black and then there's a silence and we're left there to wonder what the fuck am I supposed to do now? Oof, that's some dark shit. Dude. That is some dark, dark shit. That was, but that was like me super reading into the whole Dante's Inferno thing. If that's, if the yeah. whole thing's even true. Because again, Mark is severely emotionally underdeveloped and I don't think he's an intelligent <laughs> man. But hey, you never know, right? Uh, yeah, you it's true. You, you never know. You never, never know. And what I think is interesting about that is that chapter, okay, so the song Chapter 13 comes directly after, I would say, the happiest, poppiest song on the record with Make You Smile. Like you go from the, just the whole, from the highest to the lowest point. It's it's sequenced very very well. It's crazy. I think so too. But which is not um, something that we normally would think, especially coming off no. of "Make You Smile." We would normally shit all over this and like, why the fuck would you put this after "Make You Smile"? But it but it it's works. So good. It's effective. You know I. Do you know what I think I sh- I'm gonna do right now? I'm going to play chapter 13, and I'm going to play the entire song. The whole thing? You think I should play the whole thing? Ooh. Or up through the, or up, th- or what play like the beginning releases? of it. Interscope, I think. Oh, yeah, dude. They don't give I a don't fuck. Know. Wait, is that? <laughs> I don't know. Hold on. Inter- Let me see who owns Interscope. Oh, uh, it's Universal. Yeah. That's who we usually get <laughs> things <know>. from. <laughs> Cease and desist from. Every time I, every time we play music, every time we pick an album, I always look at who's like a parent company <laughs> to see if it ever is universal and is fucking universal. Oh, it figures. Um, well, I won't play the whole thing, but I'll play I'll play some of it, and um, and hopefully that that'll whet the appetite of some of you out there listening to actually listen to the whole song. I mean, it's not a long song; it's like four minutes. But uh, here's a here's chapter thirteen from plus forty four.
that is chapter 13. Damn, girl. From plus 44. Dude. So good. I almost played the whole thing, but I, I, I decided not to. I mean, you pretty much like, this played all of, all of the parts that we I had touched upon and, and we wanted to talk about. Yeah. Except Especially for the acoustic part, but that's fine. Yeah, but that's like literally the last like 10 seconds of a song. Yeah. You can almost interpret this song even being about Tom as well. Like, Love at First Sight, the story of, of was it Mark that jumped off the light pole or Tom? I think it was Mark. When it was first Mark. Met. Yeah. yeah. Like, Love at First Sight, like Mark and Tom immediately just clicked when they first met each yeah. other. And it's just been this crazy ride from then on. And like the breakup would, would I guess, could be like Mark finally ending it and killing himself or thinking it's the end of his career. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But even like the end of his life too, like the Tom, he probably, I hate to say it, but he probably cared more about Tom than he did like his own wife, you know, like they're, <laughs> it's, That's a bold I mean, it's true. statement. Nah, it could be. Yeah. I mean, people have that, that kind of stuff with their, their friends, so. especially being together for so long and touring with him and being so close. Like Tom for sure knew Mark better than his own wife did. Like, could be, yeah. Tom's seen Mark at his fucking worst multiple times. At his worster than worst. Like, no matter what. Worster than worst. Worster than worsters. The worstest <laughs> of the worster of the worst. Yes. You can almost interpret all of these songs being kind of about Tom. And if you oh, I mean, yeah. Go back to the Except Make You Smile. Except for Make You Smile. Song. That's really was, the only song. I was just going to no. say, even the Make You Smile song. Uh. The Make You Smile song is kind of like this call and answer between the guy and the girl. And if you kind of think that the girl is Tom, because the whole time the guy part in Make You Smile is is sort of like chasing, right? He's constantly chasing like, hey, when I saw you, you weren't even looking. And, and that's that's kind of been like Tom later on in the Blink career was Tom is just kind of growing apart from Mark and Mark's still chasing, chasing, chasing. Yeah, could be. It could be. You never know. I, I, I really don't know. No, I, I don't know. I, I really don't. I don't think I it is, but song. I'm gonna give Mark a little bit more credit and and think that his songwriting is is better than we may that we may even think. Because I'm always <laughs> shitting on him, at least <laughs> on this album. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, there is one one thing lyrically. Oh, actually, no, I'll talk about it later. What 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 is your? Do we have any other song on this so album? My favorite song. Yeah. Uh, it's so it's so difficult. I'd have to go. I'm gonna give you my my top three. I have to give you okay. my top three because they're all yeah. so fucking good. Yeah. My top. Uh, I'm, no, I'm gonna give you my top four. I gotta give you my oh. top four. <laughs> I know. I it's, this is unprecedented on on the Asinine Radio podcast. Four. But top four, baby, come on, baby, come on, so good. Uh, is that a number new four? One that or I added. One? Uh, or there's no order. My my favorite song. Okay, let's go. Okay. My favorite song. My, okay, my number four. My number four is. Oh man, this one's hard. Harder than I thought. Oh, you don't have to. Yeah, pay. my number four oh, is. Man. My number four is "Baby Come On." Okay. No, no, no. Number four is "Baby Come On." <laughs> uh, number three. <laughs> you like that one? Uh, number three is uh, "No, It Isn't." And uh, number two is "Chapter 13. And my my new favorite on this record is "Weatherman." Mm. I think "Weatherman" is. Man, that's a fucking depressing song, and it's so emotional and it's so sad. But I, I love that wearing his emotion on his sleeve like that. It's, man, it's good. I think so too. I think it's a it, very. I think it's the best song he's ever done. Song, 
Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm, I'm saying it. Weatherman is Mark's best song. Like overall other, or just like lyrically or both? I think lyrically, just everything. I think it's his, it's the best song he's ever written because he wrote it solely by himself. All of his other songs, like his really good songs, are co-written with Tom. This is like, like there are well, some songs on album. like Cheshi that, well, there's some songs on Cheshi that are like Mark songs or Enema that are Mark songs and Dude Ranch that are Mark songs. But this is the best soul Mark song ever was Weatherman. Okay. I think it's, I think it, 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 he's truly vulnerable in this song lyrically. And I feel like the, not only lyrically is it so dark, but the music itself is very dark and just very, you just don't see this side of this guy when he writes music. It's so I, wildly different, but he does it so well. I think this song was written like right after they broke up. So like it as was. they were breaking up, I'm sure it wasn't just like, boom, they're done. I mean, there was clear, there was clear buildup to it. And yeah. so I think the song was written in that time. And so that's why it is very, very dark and kind of like the low bass that's going on. And then Mark sings really low and it's kind of ugly. Yeah. And he has very, very like somber lyrics. But I, th- I like the fact that the name is Weatherman and he kind of plays the part of an actual weatherman who's forecasting the weather. And all week, it's shit. <laughs> it's so fucking sad it's so pathetic and it it sounds like emotionally this entire song he's barely holding it together like at yeah. any point he could just break down and be done it's funny you say that because mark did say this, this is a direct quote he said i was driving to travis's house and the whole bling thing had just gone down we had been talking about making a really dark dirty song the song was launched from the line, just let me slip away. I'm barely holding on. And the music was intended to reflect that theme. So to Perfect. to base a whole song off of that one lyric, I mean, it just shows this is going to be a, a, sad, a saddie, some I mean, might say. And, and Travis is really, really, really helps it out because towards the end, it's just Travis gets in, into this like oversimplification phase to where he really dumbs it down in his drumming to where it's kind of irritating because it's just like, well, if you can do it on here, why can't you always just do that sometime? But whatever. Exactly. And so, like, you Learn know control. he's capable of doing it, and it perfectly complimented Mark. And it, it really just set up Mark for success. So I, I want to play it real quick because, like I said, this is my favorite. This is my favorite Plus 44 song. My favorite Mark song. Woo! Let's just I'm, – I'm, I'm saying it. Weatherman by Plus 44. through it all 
There's the most depressing song on the record <laughs> in Weatherman, but my favorite. Oh, it's so great. Yeah. That's Every now good. and then I feel the end of us. I love that line too. I th- I mean, that just, everybody feels that emotion in some form or another. Ah, it I, is. I love it. It's deep. It's cutting deep. It's so good. Okay. Mark cuts yeah. deep on this album. It's ridiculous. He does. It's amazing how wildly different this album is compared to the new, the last two Blink albums, like what he's written That's lyrically. That's not even and fair, though. It is fair. You can't. Do it is that. fair. No, I just did. Don't you know what's crazy? That. I just did it. I just fucking did it. Don't do and that. And I don't give a fuck. Anyway. Uh, what other bangers you got on this? I mean, th- we still got quite a bit to talk about. I, I think his actual best songwriting comes from Baby Come On. I think that is the pinnacle of, of Mark's songwriting. And I think he's even said it, too, like in interviews a long time ago. He said that those like the best thing that he's ever written. And I think that's true. There's so yeah, many things in this song that I think are absolutely phenomenal. Just little things like she's always falling down, and I think I just fell in love with her to keep that that falling kind of uh, imagery going, but using it in a kind of different way. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. I think yeah. it's fantastic. I think I it's agree. absolutely phenomenal. The only, the only weird thing about this song is, uh, I think I said it when we first talked about this album on a lost episode, was how he sings the chorus. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm, like it feels like rust yeah. when he says like, baby, come on. No, no, no. When, when he say, it sounds like he's saying quit quiet. Oh, quiet. Your eyes out, baby. Come on. Quit quieting your eyes out. Quit quieting your eyes out. So like uh, Clarence. Who's Clarence? You probably don't watch Clarence, the, the cartoon. No, I don't watch Clarence. <laughs> but uh, no, but there was also this 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 popular line that he has in this, a popular line he has in the, the lyrics that a lot of people discuss, and some people think it's really dumb. Some people love it. And the line is, the past is only the future with the lights on. And according to Mark, this means life is cyclical. People and situations change and come back again, and your experiences experiences in the past give you foresight into the future before you. You can choose to change or break the cycle or just choose to let it happen again. That's what I interpret that line to mean. Now, I've never really liked that line. I thought it was kind of cheesy, and even after reading his this whole thing about it, I still think it's cheesy. I, I don't know. The past is only the future with the lights on. Eh, eh. See, I think, I think Mark sometimes so writes weird. just kind of exactly what he feels even if it doesn't make sense and later on tries to interpret it because i read that quote too and that's he said that's what i interpret that as and like what that read to me as i don't know what the fuck that it was when i wrote it but here's what i think that it means <laughs> i think that he was it's going like, it's for like something. he blacked out when he was writing yeah. this album yeah i think he was going for something <laughs> but it didn't it didn't quite make sense or work out and later on he was like what the fuck did i write it it sounds cool, and it's a very standout <laughs> lyric on the album because it like it is because make it's so weird sense and it's so bizarre. Yeah. But even given that it's cyclical like that, it still doesn't like in the context of the song. Then it's like okay, well he's still doing the same thing over and over. Then he's he's part of the cycle and he's continuing with it, yeah. which he's not because yeah. Blink broke up. I guess maybe I don't know. It's I a confusing know. song. Lyrically. Very confusing. But I, I, I think it's a very catchy song, and it it's a great follow-up to Lycanthrope. I really think it is. Because Lycanthrope was a very like punchy kind of like punk song, and then Baby Come On is the the song that 
that really tells you what the album's going to be like because it has its highs and the lows dynamic wise so it really gives you a sense of what's going to happen on the album which i i think is fantastic so i'm just going to play a little bit of it because it's my fourth favorite song on the album and because i can do whatever i want so here's baby come on by plus 44 There it is, baby. Come on, from Plus Forty Four. The it's Plus so Forty Fours. The Plus Forty Fours. Oh my god, dude! That that chorus is so catchy. I love it. I like the I like it a lot. The, I, I kind of like the back and forth between the verse and the chorus, where one's like poppy and kind of soft and acoustic, and the the chorus comes in is really, really, really heavy, and it's almost like yeah, he's like pleading with someone. And like yelling at them in the in the chorus, you know what I mean? Just try like like getting frustrated yeah. that they're not listening and they they're not f- they're not shipping up, shaping out, <laughs> shipping up to Boston. What shaping up and shipping out? No, it's it it is great. I, and the dynamics of it, oh man. I keep talking about the dynamics of this album, but it's so prominent, but it's so effective, and it's not cheesy. I don't feel like it's cheesy on this album. There's not a lot of cheesiness on it. No, there's there's zero cheese in this album. Zero. Yeah, it's true. There's a lot of cheese on the last Blink album, but not this one. Thanks, Feldman. Feldy. Anyway, I also thought, uh, or I, I, it was in, it was interesting to note that even though Mark and Tom are making two completely different things, and I'm sure I, I'm just cherry picking here, but I know one of your favorite lyrics that Tom's ever done was when Angels and Airwaves. Did the alcohol scented with her breath? I love that. Did line. you find it was kind of weird that Mark also did the same thing here when he said, "I can always find her at the bottom of a plastic cup," like that of kind a of plastic imagery, cup, like with the alcohol and things. Yeah, like that? it but is weird how they 
Like they're both they're still connected. writing almost the same thing. I mean, that's just yeah. one lyric well, overall. So I, again, I, I could be just cherry picking. It could be also like um like on the the uh, the self titled Blink album, the whole story behind the song "I Miss You" was that they Mark and Tom got into separate rooms to write each other to write the verse for themselves and when they brought it together it ended up blending so well because they were so they were such good friends and they were so connected like mentally on an and on an emotional level that they were able to write music separate but have it still work so well together so i can kind of see why even just like a something as stupid lyrically as that can match up with Tom so well, if that makes any sense. I don't know what I'm No, it does. I mean, that's exactly but what I'm trying to say. It's, 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 they have, it's, they it's have, great. Mark and Tom have this, they have this weird connection, this very, very weird connection when they write music, whether it's together or separate. I mean, this is obviously an example of separate, but I wish they would fucking write music together again. They were so good. I know. <laughs> like, it's, it's so, like, it's so fucking frustrating that they don't, they can't, just get together and write music. Like, why is that so difficult? It's not difficult. Like for either of them. Yeah, I understand they have they're busy sometimes and they have other shit going on. But it's like, dude, you can't just hang out with your friend for like two days. Yeah. And just kind of work on it. Like, just just take two days out of your life. You can it take just two jam. days out of your fucking life. Don't even life release it. Just jam. And just See jam for like, just or just or just bring a couple acoustic guitars and just fucking hammer it out. Like, it's not. I mean, because Blink they wrote all their music acoustically. All of their songs were written on an acoustic guitar and then translated into a a band setting. So it's like, just do that. It doesn't, it's like these guys used to write music within like two weeks and then record it in a week. It's a, it's so ridiculous that they just can't get together and do it. Irritating. It's fucking dumb. Makes me mad. I'm mad. I'm mad. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's nice. That's a good song. Yes. Great song. Now, should we get into another song on here, or should we get into possibly one of the B-sides? Because there's a f- several B-sides, and there's some acoustic versions of this of some of the songs. Uh, what do you want to do? Um, I mean, some stuff the, we can really get the B-sides into. and covers and stuff, we could probably go through pretty quick. I don't... There was some stuff that I liked a lot. There was some stuff that I didn't like. I don't think any of it would have fit on the album, and so I think that was a good choice. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, actually, let's talk about the acoustic ones because I was kind of irritated with the acoustic songs. Why? <laughs> Especially one four five. So one four five one five five is the is the song on the album. The acoustic version is one four five just because it's a little bit slower. And so, w- what irritated me about that was is that it was it was just a direct translation of the song. It was almost as if they took the regular song and just played along with it on an acoustic guitar and then recorded that. In such that during the bridge part, when there's like a little breakdown, in the acoustic version, mm-hmm. there's just stupid silence. And I think silence <laughs> can, be, true, you're can right. be very effective <laughs> in songs, but it's just dumb. Yeah. And specifically, it starts at 2.10, like the minute 2.10. And from there, it's, it's just, it, it's dumb. It's silly, and I don't, I don't like this acoustic version. <laughs> and Mark is not in a good, uh, he's not a good acoustic singer. It's just... Him singing acoustically kind of just showcases his mediocrity as a singer in general, and so I don't, I, I don't like him as an acoustic singer. Don't like it. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. See, I I thought I thought the acoustic renditions were good. I agree with you. It is kind of awkward because it is like 
they like you said they were it was sounds like they were playing along to the track and then slowed it down a little bit a tiny bit but overall i don't i don't think his voice sounds that bad uh along with a, an acoustic guitar like uh what was it maybe like a month ago on the pod we were talking about how like how awesome it would be if mark and tom went on like a like a like a small tour like a small club tour of them just playing acoustic blink songs like how rad would that be yeah that would be cool because they're but both then you bad just said, singers, but together, <laughs> that's true. like I don't, I don't mind bad singers. I like a lot of bad musicians that are just not talented at what they do, but they can just they can write great songs. And because Mark doesn't, even, I, I don't know if it's if it's him playing the guitar. I don't think it is, and so I think it's just him it. singing, and it's probably Craig playing the guitar. And so that also kind of irritates me. If it was just kind of him in like this Bradley Knoll setting where he's actually playing the guitar and singing the songs and the strumming pattern got kind of fucked up here and there. Dude, I would love that. I would eat it up. I'd love yeah, that it would be really shit. cool. It's more because this album is so earnest and it's so him just like flying by, you know, just doing whatever he wants to do and just being out there. And then he comes out with this really super polished acoustic version of 145 and it's, it's gross. It's gross. The only acoustic song that I thought worked really well was Weatherman. Yeah, Weatherman was really good because the the other ones were Baby Come On, When Your Heart Stops Beating, and then obviously 145, and then Weatherman, right? Those are yeah. the only four? Yeah. Those are the four acoustic ones. Um, I mean, I liked them all. I thought they were all good in their own sense. Uh, I'm not as critical as you are, but I will say, considering how, how kind of just electronic and kind of like robotic this album is and yet the emotion and the feeling is still all there can you imagine how this album would have sounded if it was if it was a little bit more raw and if there were more fuck-ups and everything like this album could be like fucking huge if it were like that but because it is as polished as it is it possibly took a little bit away from all the emotion emotionally driven songs I, I agree it irritates me and it's it, I, it bothers me when people just do when bands do just kind of direct copies of the electric version and put it acoustic another good example is when Weezer did these acoustic sessions decades ago for Pinkerton they did the good life and they still put the solo in there on acoustic guitars and it just sounds so dumb it it's sounds really so weird stupid. yeah it doesn't well, just sound cut really it weird. out like rearranged yeah. it a little bit to where it fits with the acoustic vibe and did I, not happen with Damon, I agree. So yeah, it didn't happen with that at all. And I do want to bring up, there were several demos of the songs. Um, we'll talk more extensively uh, to some of the songs, but like cliff diving, there was an, an instrumental, um, an instrumental demo of that song uh, with Carol Heller actually on the vocals that toward the end of the, the demo uh, so I guess it's not technically instrumental, but for the most part it is. But on the, the finished version of the song, she's not on it at all. Right. Uh, another one is No It Isn't. So No It Isn't was the first song that leaked from this album. This this song came out before Tom put anything out for Angels and Airwaves. This was what everybody kind of thought was going to happen after Blink broke up. Like this, just, this was everybody's expectation. And uh, so, but we'll get more into No It Isn't because I, I still want to talk about that a lot. But I just want to get through these demos real quick. Uh, what was the other? De- there was oh, make you smile. That was another demo, which sounds almost identical to the to the finished version. And then is that it? I think that was it, right? Yeah, as far as like the demos go, I think that's it. The demos, yeah. Okay, and then um, just wanted to bring up real quick because I do want to talk about the song when you 
when your heart stops beating. But before I do that, uh, other cover there are covers on this record. Uh, one of them was Gutentag by a German. They're called Win Weir Weirsindhelden. That's the name <laughs> of the band, and the song's called Gutentag. And so what what it was was plus forty four played one of their songs in their style and they took a plus 44 song and played it in their style so that was kind of cool and we'll get into that in a minute but uh they also did a, a smashing pumpkins cover of the song i am one i thought it was really good and but it's like it's a direct cover like there's nothing they tried to do to change from the original did you listen to both versions of it i actually really like the smashing pumpkins version i thought it was really oh, you cool did? really yeah Oh man, you're gonna be a Smashing Pumpkins man just like me. Soon. But did that? So, okay, so that verse riff did that sound a lot like Paradise City? Like bam, 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 bam. Oh, maybe a little bit. Did it totally did? Maybe. Totes, totes. Is Paradise goats. City on? Wait, is Paradise City on? Um, Appetite. Is it on Appetite? Yeah. Okay, so fuck, man. So the I Am One song came out after, but Got regardless, that, <laughs> it's a great song, <laughs> and Billy good, Corgan's a better song. songwriter than all of guns and roses i will i'm just gonna say it billy corgan's a much better songwriter i would agree and we'll eventually do a smashing pumpkins album probably that's just what's gonna happen because now you're gonna become very earnest and start listening to billy corgan it's possible but anyway yeah they they did it they did a pumpkins cover uh from like it was like a myspace thing it was uh, back in 2007 myspace did this thing where it was like a tribute they every like month they were doing like a tribute to a band so they'd have uh, bands come in and cover songs from like Smashing Pumpkins or whoever. So it was like a 10 song compilation and Plus 44 was on, on it. I think the Academy Is did a song. Panic at the Disco did Tonight Tonight. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a cool idea and a cool thing back then, but MySpace is already on its way out. So that's probably why it, there wasn't <laughs> a lot of attention on it. Uh, and then the last two covers that I was able to find, I actually found more than I thought, but there are two Descendants covers that they did. They did a they did a cover of Christmas Vacation for like a K-Rock compilation, which sounds just like The Descendants. And then I found some weird, obscure Descendants cover they did called Amoeba. And it's very, very raw. And it's very not what I expected from Plus 44. It's a direct ripoff, but it's like not polished at all. Right. So I, what I think it would like, it was something like Mark did just for fun. Like, I don't think the rest of the band was even involved. But who knows? I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I think Mark's but voice sounds about a lot it. like the singer from Descendants too. A little bit. Did you go back and listen to the other to the Descendants songs? Yeah, yeah, I did too. It's crazy how much influence he takes from the from that band. I think it's he insane. said like over the years too, a lot of different times that he he really likes the Descendants. Well, him and Tom alike. I mean, they both have. And then also the Blink did the Another Girl Another Planet cover. Yeah. So there's another Descendant Descendants reference. But um, I think we should get into When Your Heart Stops Beating because this is, this is the biggest song on the album that, and we haven't even talked about it. Okay. They actually made a music video for this. This is the... The original this is Dark the, Side video? No. What? Did you watch the video again? I watched the video, yeah, but it's not like... Is that not exactly like Dark Side where it constantly pans on people dancing and having fun? Yeah, but these are, these are like adults. But like the way that's shot is exactly like Dark Side. It kind of is now that it's you exactly mentioned. Exactly like I hate Dark Side. <laughs> I fucking hate it too. There's even like oh, you son of a drumming bitch. and shit like that. Where it like <laughs> you goes son under of him. a bitch, you're right. <laughs> oh, you suck. I didn't even think about that till right now, but you're right. It's the OG Dark it's, Side. 
but at least like they're adults and attractive people and like there's something to look at you know it's just not like are you calling those kids ugly like not create well kids are ugly yes oh and they're kids and they're kids they're kids so that's fucking weird and gross just throwing that out there but uh but yeah no it very much is like the dark side and but there are no Fortnite dances they're just people like dancing freestyle freestyle dancing <laughs> having a good time yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit i'm gonna just play it because this is easily the biggest song on the record right mm-hmm. Not, wait what the biggest or best the biggest oh yeah Not the for best sure. come on dude, get the fuck out of here here's a here's the title track Ooh, I just burped. When your heart stops beating. It is when your heart stops beating, by plus forty four. I almost said Blink one eighty two. By the Blink one eighty fours. Wrong band. Did you know that if you take the song one fifty five and add plus forty four to it, so you plus forty four equals one ninety nine, and if you minus seventeen, which is the amount of letters and angels and airways, equals one eighty two. Holy shit! What a theory! Uh, what a theory! I saw that in the YouTube comments. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> People are so dumb. <laughs> oh, but I love it. 
<laughs> Perfect. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, fantastic song. Um, like I said before, the uh, there was like I like I said, plus forty four did that that cover of Gutentag by the band. Uh, I'm gonna fucking I'm my the, German's the great, German. The German to say the German band. Yeah, we're we're send Helen Helden. So yeah, I wanted to play their version because they covered when your heart stops beating, and I want to play their version because it sounds pretty pretty different from plus 44 so here it is Now that was Weirson Helden and their cover of Wendian Herz Zu Schlagen. Jeez, I don't know why you try so hard. Because that's what I do. This is Ask Night Radio. I try <laughs> hard. I don't fuck around. Not on the pot. All right. But yeah, I thought that was a cool cover, right? I don't like it now. Really? Not at all. Because you don't like Germans or what? <laughs> what is it? What didn't no, you like? I, I, don't, I don't like that it was like that, that lead guitar that was distracting for me. Why? Because it sounds too much like the original. No, it was too. Um, no, this was like too like synth pop. It was. It was. I don't like it. Didn't dig it. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, I I thought it was interesting, but when your heart stops beating, uh, yeah, good that song. was the the. It was a good song. It's not bad. It's not my favorite. It's not the worst. It's just a song. Is there a worst song on here? What's the worstest? Uh, the worstest desire. The worstest. Maybe the interlude, just because it's an interlude. But it, the interlude's still really cool. I like it a lot. But there's no, yeah, there's no bad one, right? I mean, I think you'd agree with me. No, there's definitely no bad one. If I had to pick one, it'd be 155. Okay, that's fair enough. I, I can see that. Because Travis's hi-hat hitting in that, it's just, it's, it's Oh, it's so frustrating. It's just, uh, it's so, so frustrating. So why can't you Should just, we play it? Why can't you just, like, just play, like, the first part of it so we can hear it because I don't want to get too too far into it because you kind of get the gist of it yeah okay here we go 150 So when it comes to the drum beat, that is the entire drum beat through the entire song. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's so bizarre, but I kind of like it because it's so off and not off, but just weird. 
I like it in the sense the, where the it's, whole it's, chorus was great. Oh yeah, I mean it's the the chorus and and the outro when like everybody finally comes in with the please don't whatever it is. I think that's yeah. that part's cool, but I I appreciate that they're trying to make the whole song into like an, a live electronic song, and so that's kind of why he's going with that. But it's just the way he hits the hi hat. There's there's always like a slight it's pause really when he goes and hits the snare, and I just I don't it's it's distracting. But it, I mean, yeah, overall, I think the melody is the melody in the chorus. I think is the is the best on the album. It's the catchiest, and it's the most poppy on the entire album. Right, uh, that and cliff diving, I think, are definitely the, the pop. Yeah, I, I guess think. so. But cliff diving has that weird that dun 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 da dun. Has that weird like kind of a weird chord progression. Let's feel it with the kiss. I mean, that's pretty pretty straightforward <laughs> as far as lyrically. Yeah. So, um, I think the only other song that I really so, want to talk about would be No, It Isn't. I do too, but I want to save that for last. So, there's one more thing I want to talk about before No, It Isn't. Do it. So this will be quick. Uh, the song Lillian. I, I love the song Lillian. I think it's a great, great song. But until this week, did I know that this song was inspired? Uh, I hate saying it, but the song was inspired by a very mean lady uh, in Mark Hoppus's neighborhood in San Diego who started a homeowners association and which made him end up moving out of San Diego because she was so mean with her homeowners association. Right. And that's what inspired the song Lillian. And I really hate that. I thought that was just, maybe this is the beginning of the true disconnection between Mark and real life. I think maybe this is where the underdevelopment began. <laughs> I think this is what maybe almost helped him grow up a little bit, actually, because he's, he's had this life of, of luxury, basically. And the first person that's been mean to him, he probably was like, what? Why are you so mean? I'm more coppers. <laughs> and she's like, well, rules are rules. I don't give a fuck who you are. And that was kind of his, his realization that, damn, living in San Diego sucks. Everybody's fucking mean here. So what does he do? He moves to Los Angeles. He moves. <laughs> <It's> stupid idiot. <laughs> Why would you move I to Los Angeles? Moron. It's even worse. But, you know, maybe it might have just been like a cop out, you know, of him, him saying that's what the song was about. But in actuality, it's about, you know, leaving his previous life of Blink and Tom, because Tom still lives in San Diego to this day. And, you know, when you read the lyrics to the actual song, it sounds, it very much sounds like a person who broke up with somebody and had to move far away just to get the bad taste out of their mouth or get the, the sad or bad feelings out of their mind. Yeah. And some of the lyrics, I mean, I, I think, I mean, the lyrics are pretty brutal, even from like almost like a, just in every sense, they're they're brutal. So, some of my favorite lines from this are: uh, "Your heart is a grave, to be perfectly honest. Your mouth is a smoking gun, and you smile while you're twisting the knife in my stomach until everything is gone. Take all you can from me." And Rupert loves the lyric too. Thank you, thank you, Rupert. And then what I liked, what I noticed, the one line: "Your mouth is a smoking gun." You know, the first thing I thought of was words are like bullets. That's what I did, too. That's what I thought of, too. Words are like bullets. Words are like bullets. That's exactly. Words are like bullets. <laughs> Perfect. But my dog is loving the lyrics to this song. But I, I think overall, though, the song is really good. It's one of their, their slower jams. And 
Okay, so yeah, that's uh, that's about it. Uh, there's only one more song that I think is really significant uh, that we should talk about, Very and that's No, It Isn't. Very dangerous. Yeah, this is, the <laughs> like I said, this is the first song that was leaked from the album, and I think it was, I mean, obviously it was intentional um, because a lot of people were talking shit, and Tom was, you know, running his mouth in interviews and everything, saying that everything was the fault of Mark and Travis at the time. But Mark and Travis kept their mouths shut while they were recording this album, but then somehow they leaked this song. I don't know, it's weird. But it is probably the greatest diss track of all time. <laughs> I think, I mean, the first line, I mean, the first line itself is just, or the first two lines, I should say. Uh, wait, I just totally had a brain fart. What are the please, first two Please lines? understand, this isn't just goodbye. Oh, yeah. This is I can't stand you. I can't you. stand you. Can't stand this you. Is, I mean, those two lines right there are just like a huge fuck you to Tom. This song is about Tom. For absolutely and 100%. What they, yeah, and then they, and then of course they name the song No It Isn't because for anybody asking, is this song about Tom? No, it isn't. No, it isn't. Like it's so, it's so stupid and very childish. Yeah. But I still think it's like the best diss track ever. And it was released on Tom's 30th birthday. Oh, was it really? I didn't yeah, know that. The day. No shit. That's so good. <laughs> but they claim. Oh, that was so intentional. I love it. Multiple interviews that that was completely coincidental, which is there's no fucking way. Oh, the cattiness no of this way. is. I didn't know that, but that that really is so great. I love it. <laughs> oh my god, I, I'm gonna play it real quick, and then we'll talk about it, and then uh, and then we'll round out the the show. So here's um here's no, it isn't by plus 44 one of the best songs on the album Plus 44, the greatest diss track of all time. Um, is it a diss track though? Like, is he? 
I don't know if he's like dissing Tom or or just kind of saying like, dude, you fucked me good and mentally, emotionally. I think with the f- well, yeah. Like I don't think he's. I, I don't want to say that he's mad necessarily. Yeah, maybe Tom. it's not he's a just super hurt. Well, no, I mean, no, it is a diss track because the first two lines, like we said, I mean, that is straight up. That's true. That's in dissing him. You know, it. Oh man, it's so good though. The one thing I will say and. And the one thing I agree with Travis Barker on, which I don't agree with him on many, many things or most <laughs> things, but I feel like this song would have been so much better if it was just Mark and an acoustic guitar or if it was Mark and just like a clean electric guitar with no drums because Travis actually wanted there to be no drums on this track. He said the vocals and the lyrics and everything were enough for the song, but he was outvoted by everybody else to add drums to the song. So that's why they're so restrained and they're so just kind of in the background because he didn't want them at all. I, but he was forced I, to play them. I kind of agree, but... It'd be so much better with The, the demo drums. version was better and worse. It was better because it had Carol in it singing like the harms, but it was worse because the drums did kick in. But I think the third verse that they added later on on the album itself mm-hmm. where it's lay rotting where I fall. And it's kind of just like yeah. really, really, really like heavy and really nasty and dark. I think that goes well with the drums, but I like the fact that it's mostly no drums and then it crescendos into like the drum roll and then Travis kicks in real hard. I like that a lot. And I don't know if I would like it if it wasn't there at all. Eh. I, I agree with you on, on maybe a little bit, but in the end, it's and embalmed. Embalmed. Ooh. Yeah. I like that line a lot. Suffocated and embalmed. That's a Ah oh, man. He was so he was he was so upset about the whole breakup. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> it's, it's sad to like it's laugh insane. at it, but damn. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it made for such a, a such an amazing <laughs> album. <laughs> it got him so good. Oh man. Okay. Well, I mean, we, we, I think we've honestly talked about almost every song on this record. <laughs> um, I mean, there are other little details. Jerry Finn co-produced it with, uh, with Travis and Mark. Um, fun little note. Uh, the reason why they canceled their very first show at Bamboozle that you and I went to was because Travis broke his arm and they didn't know what to do, but eventually he started playing with just one arm, which was kind of cool, but also kind of cheesy because he would smoke a cigarette while he was playing drums and that was really kind of stupid uh also fun fact too gil sharon from dillinger escape plan filled in for travis on the european tour so that's pretty cool too because yeah, dillinger so is pretty cool and, and totally different music. widely different yeah exactly <laughs> um other than that uh they're just some little nuances like little things like we barely talked about shane gallagher or craig farbaugh nah. but there's not really much with them i mean craig played with the transplants and Lars Fredrickson and the Bastards. And Juliet uh, Lewis and the Licks. And Juliet, yeah, Juliet Lewis and the Licks, which Juliet Lewis is stupid. And then there was Shane Gallagher. He played with a band called The Mercy Kills with Craig and The Forgotten and some other bands. So, I mean, I listened to them all uh, this week and none of them really stood out to me. None of them were that great. And Craig, Craig, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about him. It's whatever. They're just, they're kind but of anyway, just there to fill it out. They're just kind of, they were, right? Like they didn't, they never talked. I, no. I watched a bunch of live, I, I, I really went and watched a bunch of old live videos 
of them of plus 44 playing and craig and shane never got on the mic they never really said anything it was always mark just talking yeah it's like why have them like they had no no identity really in the band it was really weird it was really really bizarre but maybe that's what mark and travis wanted who knows but uh let's let's give our final thoughts and uh our ratings and then we'll get going yeah yeah my uh i mean since since the birth of plus 44 there's not been anything that i've disliked i like everything that they've done i mean it hasn't been a lot but i i've i've loved it all since day one since the first time we saw them at the show till right now every everything about this album is absolutely perfect I, mm-hmm. this is mark at his best like mark can do great things if he just kind of lets it go and i don't I, I just wish that he would kind of get back to this, not necessarily like this depressing kind of music, but just kind of just letting himself be himself and not writing for somebody else is writing music for himself and just do what he does best. Just be, just be cool. Yolanda. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? So, uh, I, saying, I, I mean, for sure this album's a perfect three in, in my book. So that's, that's Dang. it. That's it. That's You're all. wild. Perfect three perfect three for you so for me uh final thoughts i love this album when it came out i think when, when no it isn't came out i just i played it over and over and over again and i mean with you too like we would just drive around and we'd listen to no it isn't over and over again just that demo version because we loved it so much and then the, i remember the adventure came out and then we would listen to both of those songs back to back to see if there was something there that like I know, constantly maybe, maybe possibly they yeah, we constantly compare. Maybe even think like maybe they were working together, and we don't really know. Yeah, it was really stupid. The album came out. I mean, I loved it, and then I remember I loved it at first. And then I kind of like forgot about it, and then what I do remember was when we went to Europe in two thousand eight, and you 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 were playing it a lot, and then I don't know why there was something with being there at certain times overseas, and just like this album really resonated with me the most when I was in Europe this like meant the most to me and i remember the first time i listened to it when i was over there was when we were in um in marseille and we were just like hanging out in in on the balcony and yeah we put this album on we put this album on and it was just like this really cool experience and it kind of i don't know the entire thing was really cool i love this album to death it's a perfect three no stinkers Woo! no fillers all bangers perfect 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 three. and i wish he would do more with this with this with this style of music, like Marcus, this clearly shows Mark can write really good music. I mean, it's a shame that he had to go through what he had to go through to make it, but it's like he's capable of doing this. It's, it's so weird too that now they're so into the electronic aspect of music that they don't do anything like this anymore. Yeah, they they have like the the worst parts of electronic music yeah. in Blink's music. Uh, it's so it's so frustrating yeah. it's truly frustrating uh, whatever maybe well anyway maybe one day so yeah that's it for the show um next week i think i know what we're doing unless jeff doesn't want to do it what do are we want to do it i think you know angels and airwaves yes yeah we got we we gotta do we we, we don't need to whisper there we go we're doing that one we're doing Angels and Airwaves and their debut album We Don't Need to Whisper next week's episode 
And also awesome, and I'll talk about. I'm sure we'll talk about it. I'm going to see Angel and Airwaves in a few days. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, on this tour, so I'm very, 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 very excited for this. Take notes. Better bring your notepad. I'm, I'm gonna take notepad. I'm gonna take video the entire time. I'm gonna be like the worst concert goer. <laughs> Just kidding. Stuck up snob but, concert um, goer. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> no, I'm going to enjoy the show. No camera, nothing. Well, maybe just take like one picture. This is your first time at the New House of Blues, yeah? No, I saw Thrice there. No, I mm. saw Thrice there last year. Okay. Or earlier this year. I don't remember when. Last year. Yeah, last year. But uh, yeah, so there you have it. Next week we're doing Angels and Airwaves and their debut album because we can do whatever the fuck we want. So thank you all for listening to Ask and I Radio episode 167 Boy. of the pod. Uh, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. Go follow us on social media at Asinai Radio. Send us an email, Radio at gmail.com. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. David. David Javi. 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 Moto surf, dude. Can't go wrong. Moto surf. <laughs> That's what we all did in California. It was so good. <laughs> I've never seen anybody do that. Okay. <laughs> we should bring it back. That'd be cool. Moto surf? I'd be down. Moto surf. Yeah, almost middle-aged men moto surfing. Straight to jail. I heard her say lichen. Lycanthrope. Yeah, lycanthrope. Lycanthrope. Yeah, lycanthrope. Lycanthrope. Why'd you say it slower? <laughs> There's an option to, to play it slower. So. <laughs> she, sounds like she's mad. Lycanthrope. Lycanthrope. <laughs> she's so pissed. <laughs> she's de- oh, trying shit. to demean you with it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear what YouTube has to say. Lycanthrope. Wow, it's the like, same girl. Could it be worse quality? No, it's like extreme. Lycanthrope. It's very horrible quality. It's like somebody recorded the girl that we just listened to and then posted on YouTube (laughs) with their phone. That's so bad. Did you know that if you take the song 155 and add plus 44 to it, so you plus 44 equals 199, and if you minus 17, which is the amount of letters in Angels and Airways, equals 182? Holy shit.